What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You're listening to the Quick Cage, where Frank watches Nick Cage movies, so you don't have to. Frank, which movie are you going to tell us about tonight? So tonight we're going to talk about uh, 2017's dystopian, perhaps post-apocalyptic, but never defined as such, um, quote-unquote sci-fi thriller. The Humanity Bureau. Um, Anytime you like have like five descriptors for one of these movies, it's never good. So this movie's a comedy, but it's not an intentional comedy. But we'll 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 get to that. Um, this is like straight up, maybe not even direct to video schlock. This is like Sci-Fi Channel at like one a.m. You know, we bought this movie for ten dollars schlock. Um, I'm reading these names of these actors because you've never seen these actors in anything. Um, it stars Sarah Lind, Hugh Dillon, and Jacob Davies. Um, so the basic plot is in the future, um, there's a government agency called the Humanity Bureau, which evaluates your worth as a citizen based on your ability to produce and be like a productive member of society. And if you're found to be unproductive, you're sent to a city called New Eden, um, which is, I guess, basically some sort of like a retirement community is how they sell it. Um, so Cage plays Noah Cross, of all names. Um, oh, it's spelled with a K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who's a top agent in the Humanity Bureau and who's up for promotion. Um, his first case has him investigating this old man who lives in, like, the nether world, basically, like, outside of the city. There's these, you know, ramshackle, like, shady towns or whatever. It's basically like a motel where it's dirty water and they don't have any food. I mean, it's like a terrible existence. So... He goes to evaluate this guy, and um, the guy turns out that he was, like, a former governor of Colorado or something. Um, and he's sort of crazy, but he's like, you know, he's like, I refuse to go with you. I know what you're trying to do to me. Um, pulls a gun on Cage. Um, the guy ends up dying, and... Um, Cage finds this card with, like, this number in his pocket, so he takes it. Um, Cage's best friend is this fucking, like, creep um, who's, like, his quote-unquote... I mean, they work together, but this guy's, like, an investigator of Humanity Bureau investigators. So, Cage... like, internal affairs? Sort of, yeah. Okay. 
Um, so Cage is sent to investigate this woman um, and her son that live on this like farm. Um, despite their best efforts to show, and let me tell you something, like we've had conversations a lot. I really don't even want to talk about like the plot of this movie. I mean, it's that we've talked a lot about child actors and how like a really good child actor performance can be almost like revelatory mm-hmm. where like you almost forget that this is like a child that's acting for instance the young girl in once upon a time in america you know like it's a very right mature performance but still childlike in some ways you know you don't forget that you're watching a child but you aren't like it's not shoved in your face you know they don't have like some force like precociousness or right you know, like cloying, like sweetness or obnoxiousness. Like, like there's good child performances and bad child performances. And this kid, Lucas, is probably the worst child performance I've seen. Number one, it's one of the most poorly written portrayals of a child. It's like, like someone who's never really interacted with a child, except they've seen them on like, Disney Channel sitcoms, and so that's what their frame of reference is. This kid's mm-hmm. he's an idiot, he's an asshole, he doesn't listen, he has no grasp of the gravity of a situation, even though he's like living in this dystopian future and he's like 10, so you know, you figure that you would kind of know by now. Um, so anyway, so even though Cage tells the mother and the son that they're basically gonna get sent to New Eden. His heart softens because the kid is supposed to do a recital the next day. So Cross decides that he's going to delay their deportation by a day, which draws the ire of um, his friend or whatever. Um, Adam is the guy's name, Adam. Um, Adam, who's pretend- who pretends to be Cage's friend, but isn't and is constantly trying to like get dirt on him, but is also claims that he's doing it because he just wants to make sure the cage is right for the anyway, it's 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 terrible storytelling. So the end result is that of course like Adam brings this like cadre of humanity bureau agents to capture Cage and arrest him for violating like the humanity bureau precepts. Um so Cage, the woman and the kid escape into the wilderness with the humanity bureau on their tail. And then that's it. There's like chases and uh, you think they're going to get away. And then they end up like the whole thing is they want to go to Canada because Nick like cross went fishing there with his dad when he was young to these lakes. And the kid says he like learned about fishing from his dad. I don't know. Okay. So in the end, in so, the end, so, so these Canadians made a movie where it's like the, the promised land is Canada? Yeah, yeah. So in the end, you find out that Cage has found out that New Eden is a concentration camp, basically, where they, I mean, they're not even subtle about this shit, like where they incinerate and like grind up the bones of the poor and the inefficient. And Cage is trying to get this information to Canada, like, with this kid so they can escape. But Cage ends up, the woman ends up just getting shot in the forehead. Like, that's pretty crazy. She just comes out of nowhere. 
and then Cage ends up getting killed, and then the kid gets saved by these Canadian snipers who kill all the Humanity Bureau agents that are after him. And then they find this um, flash drive that's hidden in a lucky rabbit's foot that Cage gave to the kid as like a good luck charm. And that's where they find all the things about that it's like death camps. So then everyone in the world revolts and it basically overthrows the government. And that's the end. So. So the end of Serenity. It's political allegory, but it's really bad political allegory. Like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like at first I really thought it was like pro Trump political allegory Mm -hmm. because it's about like building walls and how you know, like, the elite are judging you by, like, are judging your worth, and the people that are found to be, like, less than worthy, or got, so maybe it's sure. and it, Yeah, because, I mean, like, the idea of efficiency, right, is is more of a thing that's, like, associated with um, communism, right? Yeah. Like, useful. I mean, there's a thing at the beginning where the governor, the old man that was the governor, has a picture of him having dinner with Trump. And says, well, I'm an important man. I had the dinner at the White House once. Well, it was a very good dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I know what I just described doesn't sound like a comedy, but the dialogue is so ridiculous in this movie. So, once again, I've decided to like write down a couple quotes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read you a couple of these quotes. So, when Cage first when Cage first gets to the hotel where the governor is, there's the concierge at the desk. Which, why, like, anyway, who's checked into this fucking hotel? But there's a concierge there, and he tries to sell Cage some bottled water that's, like, purified bottled water, and Cage is like, you realize that selling bottled water in a plastic container is a level five felony? And the guy's like, oh, were you gonna arrest me? Cut me a break. That's how I gotta survive. So then Cage goes to leave and the guy's like, the man you want is across the way, up the stairs to the left, room 202. There's a loose step on the way up. Watch your step. Or no, there's a loose step on the way up. Don't trip. Or do. Mm. And like, it's the most ridiculous, like, I don't know, like it's supposed to be like, uh, tough, I guess, or whatever, but it just it made me laugh really hard. <laughs> and Later on, there's a thing where, like, they stop at this abandoned, I don't even know what it is, like, textile mill or something. It's it's some, like, it doesn't even look abandoned. Like, they just found a place where, that somebody let them film for free. Right. So, they let the kid just go to the bathroom, like, by himself. Mm-hmm. Like, even though they're trying to protect them and the agents of the Humanity Bureau are, like, hot on their tails. So, Nick Cage says to the woman, you let him go to the washroom on his own? Do you think that's wise? And she said, he said it was a number two. What do you want from me? And I swear <laughs> to God, like, that's a direct quote from this movie. God. And I'm like, so then, Adam, so in order to get away, because Adam has the bald antagonist, has the woman at gunpoint. And Nick Cage is trying to, like, talk him out of, like, doing anything. But he's like, I'm going to shoot her if you don't turn yourself in. So the kid comes out with a BB gun and shoots Adam in the eye and takes his eye out, basically. So a lot of the movie is jokes about him being, like, half blind and stuff like that. 
so at one point, the whole point is to get this kid because getting this kid means like, because the kid is really Nick Cage's son. Nick, Nick Cage fucked some poor at one point, like on a humanity bureau mission and got her pregnant. And then she was actually like a whore and a drug addict and a cannibal. It's implied that there was a lot of cannibalism going on. Wait, what is this like massive plot like piece that you're just now like telling? Well, because they don't, it it never comes. It just comes up in conversation. So, so Nick Cage realizes that this kid is his kid because the name that he was sent to investigate was the woman that he fucked. Okay. And the woman that was there with the kid wasn't the woman that he fucked. Okay. Because he had a picture of her. And they show you that picture, but they don't explain what you're looking at. Okay. They just, they just have him looking at it, like, all wistfully. So, where was I going? Okay, so he's trying to save his son. So that's why he's so protective. But no one no one will tell the kid that Nick Cage is his dad because they don't want to, like, make him any more annoying than he is. I don't, I don't know what the point of that is. So, anyway, so Adam catches the kid while he's pissing. And is is taking him like has him like all wrapped up in his arms and is like carrying him to take him out because they know that the kid is Nick Cage's son and they're going to use the kid as bait to draw Noah Cross like back so they can capture him. So the kid reaches into the guy's pocket and pulls out his glass eye, which I swear to God he's never worn in the whole movie after getting shot in the eye, and they don't make any mention of. And he's like, "Oh, Mister, what's this?" And then he drops the glass eye down a down a grate. And the guy puts him down and is like, really? You dropped my eye? And the kid's like, I'll get it for you. And just scurries in the grate and the guy lets him go. And he's just standing there looking at the grate like, oh, you coming back, kid? And the kid like runs out like through the grate and magically Nick Cage and the woman are there like in the car. like they, They're like, oh, I have a feeling he's going to come out the back. So they pull up to the exact spot where the kid comes out and almost hit him with the car, which is a really funny scene, too. And then put him in the car and then flee. And then the guy is like sitting there looking down like, where's my eye? And then the guy's sidekick like, oh, is this what you were looking for? And he's like, oh, where's the kid? So anyways, it was terrible. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so in the end, there's the lakes are still in Canada. Canada is still a place where like there's water and trees and wildlife. And it's just the United States that's been destroyed by... um liberals basically i guess i don't know weird but it's definitely it's it's definitely a paycheck no so in my in my notes i called it a holocaust analogy sci-fi comedy (laughs) Mm -hmm. so if i had to give you um a genre that's that's the genre right the the truest descriptor only might be the only genre only example of this genre in existence but right it's definitely, it's definitely there. This has just made me want to watch Chinatown with hearing you say Noah Cross so much. Yeah, I wish I had watched Chinatown. Um, but the acting is atrocious. Uh, there's no good performances. Um, there's no real charm to this movie because it's so poorly realized because there was no budget to it. So everything either looks green screened or just like. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Phantasm 3 in some parts. 
like because he's in uh fucking like El Dorado for some reason that just says Humanity Bureau like stenciled on the side with a big like dreadnoughts like grill on the front and he just like drives around this empty countryside looking for his next assignment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It's it's it, it doesn't know what it wants to be. And, you know, like I love a good like post-apocalyptic slash yeah. dystopian future movie. Like that's my bread and butter next to like horror. And I did not like this movie. So, and I watched some bad shit in that genre, and I still enjoy it. And just not this is not it. So another uh, another winner, another good week, yeah. right. making me uh, making me feel good about myself. Um, Nick Cage is like fucking dreadful in it, like no emotion and no like it was it was a hundred percent. Somebody just paid him like a few hundred thousand dollars to make this movie, and he didn't have any choice. Um, the kid is hilarious, like just because he's such an asshole. Like so at the beginning. The whole premise is you have to, when the Humanity Bureau comes to investigate you, you have to prove that you're self-sufficient. You can take care of yourself and you're not a burden on society. Right. So the woman's like, all right, like, you know, this guy's going to come out and interview us. You know, it's really important that you're on your best behavior. And, you know, I got you these like nice shoes that I traded shit for. And he's like, they're too big. Can I take them off? And she's like, no, listen, like, you only have to do it for, like, a few hours. He's just going to be here to talk to us. Just leave him on. So then Nick Cage is like, oh, how are things going? My mom gives me shoes that don't fit and they're uncomfortable. And it's like, you fucking idiot. Like, she just told you, you stupid shit. Like, that you're going to die if you don't, like, act like things are okay. And then they're eating dinner and Nick Cage is like, oh, it's a pretty good dinner. Where do you go? What would you have for breakfast? And the kid's like, we don't eat no breakfast. We can only eat once a day sometimes. And like, she's like, idiot. Like, I told you not to tell him that. Like, oh, I'm just telling him. I'm he sounds, hungry. He sounds like orange drink from the UCD. Like, skit. right in my, in my head, that's how I'm doing it. He, 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 just, he, he just sounds like a normal kid in real life. But gotcha. He's such an asshole. So then this fucking dick, like, finds out that they have to leave. And it's his fault. So he climbs on the roof for no reason and is like wandering around on the roof and then falls through the roof and lands and like breaks his back. And then Nick Cage gives him CPR and that brings him back around. Like, what the fuck? And then that's when Nick Cage gains the conscience and is like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. I'm going to let you go to your recital, kid. You know what he recites? You know what his recital is? The motherfucking Pledge of Allegiance. Hmm. Patriotism, buddy. Right, 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 right. Ugh. Um, I mean, fuck it. Like, so this production company, Brightbird or something. So it's Mind's Eye Entertainment. No. Um, is in Saskatchewan, um, Canada, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, as soon as I looked up Sarah Lind, um. Because I had seen that name somewhere before, and I realized, watch, looking at her filmography, uh, I saw like a number of TV shows, and I was like, oh, those are all Canadian. Yeah, so this was filmed in Canada, and then I looked up further and realized, oh, it's Canadian. Right. So I looked I've up actually this- seen a bunch of movies with her in it. 
Yeah, I've seen a bunch of TV shows with her in it. Uh, so I'm looking at like this this company. Um, uh, they also did a score to settle. Um, which have you reviewed that movie yet? Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, right. Um, so they also produced that, but they've also produced a number of things that I've actually seen but never watched on that like show up on Prime and shit, or, and, and Tubi especially. I think all the time. Um, so like, there's a Gina Carano movie from like last year that's been popping up with her and Richard Dreyfuss, who I thought had retired. Um, called Daughter of the Wolf, and I've seen this somewhere very recently. Um, I've seen this distorted movie from a couple years ago with uh, Christina Ricci and John Cusack, like somewhere that I've never watched. Uh, like basically all these things like get sold to these streaming companies. It seems um, Forsaken, a Kiefer Sutherland, Donald Sutherland like western. Um, oh, they did the Tall Man. Right, yeah. Um, that, that wasn't and, terrible. Yeah, and then Dolan's Cadillac, which I never watched, but I remember that coming out at some point. Like, um, based That's on the, the King the one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never watched it either. Yeah, so like, the, I don't know what this company is. Um, like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think they're just... Um... Or how they survive, I guess. I don't know. How much money do you need to make? I mean, they don't... There can't be really any budget here. Like, how much was the budget of this movie? Uh, it doesn't even say. So, I mean, it didn't have, like, a theatrical release. Right. Um, so it's probably got a budget of, like, a million dollars. Of which Nick Cage probably earned, like, 500000 Got a score to settle was so fucking bad. A score to settle is one that I don't want to talk about. Like, it's one of the ones that I watched a long, long time ago. Which means I'm actually going to have to watch it again at some point. When, um... When it's time to talk about it. And that means I've watched it twice. What did, what did, what did you estimate that the uh, uh, budget was for this? Like a million bucks. 4.3 million. Well, then Nick Cage probably got a million dollars to do it, I would guess. Right. And then the other actors probably split a million dollars, and then there was probably... I'm assuming this does not count this cumulative worldwide gross that I'm looking at does not count, like... Maybe it does. Who knows? It's $58,970. Well, where did it get released? I don't know. Hold on. Let me see if they have this information. I don't see this information. Oh, where it got released. Release date. Oh, it must have gotten released in Canada. Like, exclusively. Of course. Hold on. Nope. Nope. Hold on. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe. It actually got released in Sweden first, apparently, somehow. And then in Kuwait. Um, yeah. Weird. Then a TV premiere in Spain. And then Japan. And there is a Japanese website for it, like I found. Um, and then a DVD premiere in Italy, and then in Canada, and then in the U.S. limited um, on the same day it was released in Canada. And then like two weeks later, Finland for a DVD premiere, then the U.K., and then Indonesia, then Mexico. Mexico didn't get it until 2019. 
the what the fuck? What is what? Is, there's a scam here, Frank, isn't there? What's the scam? Do you know? I don't know. I mean, isn't it tax kind of write-offs? Like short, isn't it just sort of like ca- like short selling stocks in a way? That's what I'm wondering. Like, I mean, like what? Yeah, like what's the like, scheme? I'm, I'm assuming that these companies are. I want you to speculate your ass off with no basis in reality. All right. So, you're a production company. You are a place where an investor can invest money and be a producer. But you don't have to make any money because if they're investing the money and you don't make their money back, then they can write off that as a bad, a bad investment. So they're able to like basically maybe use it as a play, almost like not laundering necessarily, but like turning capital over and then not having it count against them. So they lower maybe their overall tax liability because they can write off that money that they would have to higher taxes on anyway. So who's who's writing off the money? The investors, the production. Okay, company. so the inve- so the investors are using it as a way to possibly write off money, but then these people in the production company, a number of them like just make themselves like the EPs or something, take money for being the EP that they right. get to keep. They're paid a salary. Right. That's part of the, you know, whatever right. the operating expenses in the budget of the film. Right, so they're really being paid potentially, potentially, like, you know, in this, like, theoretical scenario to launder money by making these movies. Yeah, this is what I thought about that other Nick Cage movie we watched where it was... um, The Russian one? The Russian one, where it didn't make any sense and, like, it was terrible. And you could tell that he wasn't, like, he didn't care about being in it. Like, I think that's what it is. Or there's something involved where Cage owes someone money that's involved in this movie and this is part of his way of like paying off his big or something i guess right i mean he looks really old in this movie like he looks really tired and he's definitely not invested in what's happening in it and for being somebody that at at that point in his life in 2017 i mean i would call him like a like a pretty venerable actor or at least like a you know like he's a major Hollywood name, right? To just be in like this garbage, but I, I think it's either got to be like a direct to video racket where they have agreements through their production company with 2017. So Redbox, um, you know, Comcast, um, Sinclair, like all these places where they have packages maybe that they sell of like their movies and there you get paid a certain amount. And then those places get the right to like exhibit or distribute. Right. Sci-fi channel. I mean, that's all Mm -hmm. that shit on sci-fi. Like where's that money come from? Right. But somebody's paying them some semblance of royalties based on like the ad revenue and just like the speculative nature that somebody might see Nick Cage's name and be like, hey, like I should watch that movie because that's what happens. And you read the description and like the description of it, if you just read it in short, it's like, oh, well, like that actually sounds pretty good. I mean, that's what right. I thought when I first sure. saw it. Like I was paid to rent this movie. Right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I get it. I guess I, I, I see it. Like, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. 
So I mean, do you think this is a do you think this is a labor of love for anybody though? No, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Okay. I don't think anyone. I really think that there's a group of people that sat there and thought, "What can we have enough veiled Trumpisms in that we can draw in a certain crowd?" that won't be angry when the movie's bad and will still like pay to rent this on Redbox. I don't know. I mean, do, I, do, you, do you know an Italian if Fuga is, uh, is fight? The verb. Well, well, Fujit is fight in Latin, right? So I'd imagine. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Good, good, good connection. Yeah. So Italy, it was called 2030 Fuga per il futuro. So I guess it's Fight for the Future. 2030 Fight for the Future is what it was called there. So is this the X-Files sequel? Oh, that was Fight <laughs> for the Future. Right, fight the, right, you're, right, not Fight for the Future, it's Fight the Future, right? Yeah. Um, and in Mexico, it was called Investigación Secreta. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I really think that these things are sort of like shell corporations. Yeah, it makes sense. They're producing something, so you're never going to come back and say, like, okay, well, this is obviously a scam. Like, it's not like, you know, where you're dumping, like, all this money into it and there's never any return investment, like Firefest or something like that, you know? Yeah. But ultimately, I think the whole goal is for a, it to have a place for people to dump money into that they kind of want to hide, and then they can write it off as an investment and... Yeah, I don't know. What do I know about anything? But I like movies that are like a labor of love, like where you can feel, right, even though it's sure. terrible. You've talked about some of those, yeah. Even like that stupid, um, what the fuck was that movie called? Outlander or whatever, the one where he plays like a um, former crusader who's like now a Japanese or Chinese like bandit lord or whatever. Whatever that movie was. I, I think it was called Outlander. Or Outlander. I don't know. Anyway. Um, like, you could tell that people cared about what they were making there. Like, somebody was like, yeah, this is a good story. Like, we're going to film some really good martial arts. and Like, it's a terrible movie, but I didn't, like, absolutely hate it. But this movie, I absolutely hated. Except I, you know, laughed a whole lot. So. Yeah. He had to go number two. Like, right rights this is your uh, and it's not really her child because you bought the child from the cannibalistic drug addict but like you, you you can't you can't go like watch like turn your back on the 10 year old white dicks of shit because why because right. right germany is called flucht aus new america um which apparently just means escape new america Oh yeah, that's what um, the city where Nicholas Cage lives is called is New America. Mm. That's even weird to me. Like some of these names that these movies get, like I guess they just don't translate very well. Or they are they just over there? They just think like, nah, let's just call it this. Maybe that'll draw better. Yeah, but why? <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, the name of the agency is the Humanity Bureau. Right. From, like, 
an English speaker perspective, you know, it that's, that's kind of an invocative, kind of an invocative title. Like you're interested, like, okay, so what's this, what, what's this bureau do? Like, what's this about? So you couldn't call it like, I mean, like, I think bureau is a French word, right? So le bureau de humanité, humanidad. Right, or something right, or yeah. Like, well, in Brazil, it's called Estado de Calamidade, um, which state apparently fire means, or something? Uh, calamity. So oh, it's calamity, like right. a state of calamity, I guess it's called. So in 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 Spanish, it couldn't be um um. La La Organización de Humanidad or something, you know. Right, and I told you it's like Investigación Secreta um, in Mexico, but in Spain it's El Agente, which I'm assuming is maybe a plural. So, like, it's like the agency, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to find something that is slightly more interesting than the. Dis- dismalness of uh, what you just described. Because <laughs> that's pretty grim, man. That's a grim movie. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a pro-Trump movie that you just watched that's really bad. It is really bad. And it was... It, so I, I confused myself, too. And... Thought, like, okay, so where's this movie coming from? Like, it's obviously trying to trying to be something. Like, it wants to appeal to somebody. So, who is it appealing to? Because at first, I was like, when he shows the picture of him eating dinner with Trump, like, I had two like immediate opinions, and one was, this is making fun of those people, right? And two, this is like supporting for these those people and it's like because the movie doesn't even know what it is like you can't tell so the whole movie i'm like what am i supposed to be thinking here and is this a comedy am i supposed to laugh at this right but in the end i know i'm not supposed to laugh at this they just don't know how to like frame anything or create a narrative or direct an actor or the actors don't know how to like emote I don't know, man. Dude, it's bad. Like, I can't believe we're still talking about it. But it's bad. So, there's eight reviews out there. Um, uh, only two of them are from, like, like top critics, you know, um, which you could debate that whole thing with Rotten Tomatoes, but it's RogerEater.com and a variety are the only, like, real uh, people that, like, really reviewed it. Um, and uh, fucking Variety gave it a positive review. I saw that actually, and I don't think you should read that review because it's not necessarily positive. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. that's that's one of those things where like it's like well, rotten like tomatoes, rotten tomatoes a lot of times. Yeah. Rotten tomatoes is like gauging oh, language this, no and, I'm, I'm i'm done with this review they actually spelled cross with a c they did no research right 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 done done so we're yeah anyway so that like i read that whole review and it, it i just it did more research than variety by going to wikipedia it doesn't know what it what it's talking about like that guy and it's mostly it's like a lot of negative like he's basically like, this movie's a steaming pile of shit 
but hey, it's so absurd you might be entertained. Like, ain't no fucking review. Like, kiss my ass. So anyway. Alright, yeah, so scores. Free on uh, Prime right now. Alright, so what um, is... It's a 4 out of 10 cage performance because he's mostly just kind of going through the motions. Like, there's not a lot of... um. It's not over the top enough to be funny, like, outright, but it's also not nuanced enough to be, like, impressive or, you know, where you can kind of just, like, ignore the terrible plot. So, yeah, it's like a four. What's the movie? Oh, my God, the movie's like a one. Like, this mm. movie's garbage. It, it, it might be a two. Because two's the lowest I think you've given yeah, it's hard to go. Below. And I think he gave it to like two two episodes ago. One. So if I ever give a movie a one, a one is completely unwatchable. Like a one is, I have to stop the movie midway through because I just cannot finish it. Mm-hmm. There aren't many movies that are like a true one. And despite how terrible it was, like I laughed throughout it, and I still right. finished it in one sitting. Like I didn't have to even. Like, stop and go back to it. Like, I just watched it all in, in one go. Yeah. Like, I, I, I run across ones, I think, that I watch for, like, 30 minutes, and I'm just like, I just can't do this anymore, and just never, I, I just turn it off, which I would have yeah, never, no. never done at some point in my entire life, but, like, in COVID, because I've been watching so much more, and especially a bunch of shit a lot of times. Right. Like, yeah. Um, but, uh, but I never used to do that, except for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Heavenly a, Creatures, buddy. You did? I walked out of Heaven... Not Heavenly Creatures. Heaven's oh, Prisoners. Oh, Heaven's Prisoners. Oh, I made it all the way through there. I actually thought that movie was kind of funny. No. Unintentionally, but... Did you walk out after the disappointment of um, Terry Hatcher's breasts? I don't want to say yes. <laughs> but we definitely made it to that part and not much further. Right, right. I mean, as as, even... te- as teenage as teenage men, it's like something you were kind of looking forward to. I mean, it's like we were we're older, we're more mature. Like we wouldn't maybe walk out of the film because of that kind of disappointment now. But it's like as teenagers, like um, I get it. I get it. I wasn't a teenager, dude. I was like twenty, twenty one. Nah, you weren't that old. Nineteen, maybe. I went and saw it with Z. Yeah, you were. It was 1996, man. Like you weren't that old. Oh, you were still in your right, teens. I was 19. I was 19. Yeah, right. Uh, I. It, what What is it? Time is a flat circle, man. <laughs> like it's all happened before. But we. Maybe it wasn't Zeke. Maybe Zeke was just there. That I think that's what it was. Like I hope when he listens to this, like he, Zeke, when you listen to this, message me and tell me if I'm remembering this correctly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that what happened was I went to see it with my friend Ken and Zeke went to see it with our friend Blake Mm -hmm. and we were in the theater simultaneously but didn't realize that each of us was there and I swear to God we all got up at the same time and left (laughs) like and we're like standing out it was um it was at Regal in theater 13 so like down at the end and on the right right at that time that Mm -hmm. was 13 Mm -hmm. um Wait, is that right? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, theater eleven. It was whatever. The theater all the way down and on the right. 
and we all we both walked out and we were like, "Oh, what are you doing here? Are we watching this movie? This movie's a piece of shit." Like, yeah, those <laughs> boobs are really disappointing. Uh huh. And they're like, we uh-huh. probably went down to Family Fun Center I, I, yeah. and played Mortal Kombat. Um, we thought Alec Baldwin was really funny back then, um, so we stuck it out. Um, despite the disappointment, plus we couldn't drive; like we got dropped off by. Uh, I'm sure at that point. Um, uh, to ask Bledsoe, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, in '96, so yeah, it would have been. So, um, yeah, so we stuck it through. But we also thought because of uh, the getaway and Alec Baldwin's like hammy, like overperformance in that movie, like that remake, um, we thought he was really funny. Uh, so we um, we kept watching. Like to try to find funny Alec Baldwin things. I've never gone back and finished that movie. Oh, it's on short. It's not worth it. I mean, it can't be because it was it's it was so drab and ugly and like you're filming. It's in New Orleans, right? Isn't that where it takes place, or in Georgia, or something? Like it's definitely in the South. It's 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 yeah. It's kind of like has like a bayou feel. It's got to be like in um like 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 with the Spanish. It's Louisiana. It's got to be Louisiana. Like um. I'm not going to look it up. So, what I remember from that movie Cause is... It's like, what's his name? Robuchet is, like, the, the guy Robichaud? that... Yeah, like, it's like that, uh... Yeah, like, the those yeah. novels. James Lee Burke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I remember, like, we're sitting... Like, we had heard there was, um... Terry Hatcher, right? That's who it is? Mm-hmm. Terry Hatcher nudity. <clears throat> and Dude, that was, a, that was like, a bit. Just so everybody knows, this was a big selling point of this movie, like on the sly. Like it was in, like everybody knew it because of like the internet, and I think even magazine, like articles. Oh, not, and yeah, stuff. It, was, it was an Entertainment Weekly. They were like, right, yeah, Terry Hatcher bears all in Heaven's Prisoners. It's right, like, yeah, yeah. uh huh. Go see some Terry Hatcher. Yeah, I think they knew they had a dud, and they used it as advertising. So go ahead, sorry. And the scene is he's. He's driving up to the house where she's like the mm-hmm. wife or mistress of mm-hmm. the bad guy, right? Right. And which is Eric Roberts, right? Yeah. She's on a veranda, like on the veranda mm-hmm. or a balcony. Yep. Naked, like drinking a cocktail. Right. And man, it looks like. And listen, like my taste has certainly matured over time, right. and I say yeah. this with all due respect and affection for yes. mature women. Right. But she looked like she was like forty-five years old. Like it's not even like. Like I was it, it, like, it was it was older than forty five. It was older I'm, than that, Frank. I'm trying to be polite. Like I'm used to, when I'm eighteen or nineteen years old, I'm used to seeing some, you know, fairly nubile, like tight bodies of the naked women that I'm seeing, and like, like oh, I'm gonna see Terry Hatch, and like, oh, <clears throat> we have walked out of that shit. Didn't even go get a refund. We just walked right out that exit door and went over and got food or something. Yeah. Look, I don't even know how to describe this. Like, it's like I've seen the breasts of a lot of different ages. Like, this was like abnormal. I need to go back and watch it again. Like, or just that scene, just to see if I'm remembering this correctly, because it seemed abnormal to me. Because, like, she's only now 56. You think it was a body double? Or like really bad, um, not even CGI, but like I don't know. I I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. It was. It was. It was. 
it almost feels like unreal at this point. Right. Like, I don't want anyone to judge us as perverts because <laughs> we were we were young young. Yes, right. Yeah, right. This is and how we young males. This is how young males think a lot of times. Uh, oh, especially in 1996. When what else are you gonna do? Like, right. Right. Um. So yeah, like I don't know. It was just I remember, but I feels like every male I talked to from that time period that's watched that movie almost specifically for that reason has the same reaction to it. Yeah. Like I've never not talked to somebody about that movie about that. Like, and then like it hasn't gone that direction of that conversation. It's, I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you is fucking what, what, what's your guys' phrase? It was mad three eleven. Like right. it was like all four of us just kind of like intersecting right. outside the theater at the right. same time because we were right. like, well, that was that right yeah uh, oh, i okay. was probably working at regal at the time too probably. i probably saw the movie for free that's why i didn't care about walking out i imagine that's probably 100 percent right um yeah okay i think i think that's our like uh extra topic um <laughs> for the week is talking about terry hatch's press and the heavens prisoners um, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it goes. I mean, there's a theme. There's the disappointment of that movie and the disappointment of that scene. Life. Oh no, life. Yeah, right, right, right. And the disappointment of Heaster texting us and um blaming us for me. right. He's trying to scoop me on a quick cage. Can't can't wait to hear my review. I ain't watching is that. The, is, the, <laughs> is that is that why he's watching? Is that why it's our fault that he's watching City of Angels? Yeah, because he like was like, oh, haha, watch this funny Nick Cage movie. But he doesn't realize that it's only funny when you hear me like be sad. It's not funny when you're actually watching it. When you're watching it, <laughs> it's just awful. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like that's why I tell embarrassing stories about myself to like try and normalize. Like other people not feeling bad about bad things happening to them, but it was still a bad thing when it happened. You know, I'm just trying to be like decent about it. I don't want to be like a mopey bitch, but I, you know, like the 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 quick cage is wearing on me, and I need to like find some good cage movies over the next couple of weeks to like rebolster my love for cinema because this motherfucker's killing me. One of my favorite actors, I think, of all time. Oh, if that isn't a love-hate relationship. All right. You know what? Because, and this is it, and then we can be done. Because when he is on, even when, like, he's in a terrible movie, but he still cares, Uh there's almost no one that's as fascinating to watch just, like, manhandle a role like Cage does. And then sometimes hit it with such, like, intricate nuance that you're like oh my god like this guy is so good and then you get this shit and you're like what the fuck are you doing what was the movie last week i've already forgot oh it was arsenal yes awful. is that right awful i can't remember that. it was arsenal that feels like it was before that was ago. um oh then what was last week i don't know i'm just fucking matter who cares um we're all gonna goddamn die in the end anyway <laughs> it was um, the runner the runner arsenal was two weeks ago yes yeah, the run yeah you're right the runner yeah 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 uh-huh. 
That's what I thought for all journals two weeks ago. I already forgot about the runner. Um, yeah, that was our 50th episode of Runner. <laughs> 50th, 50th quick cage. I'm looking back through to see how many that I've watched that I could pull out, so maybe I don't have to watch one. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're getting closer. We're we're more than halfway through, I think, at this point. You know, you. you know, a score to settle was the fourth movie I watched in the Quick Cage experiment. And, and you're still talking talk about, about it. it. You're going to watch it again before you do it. I am. Nah, he's such a. He's so cre. It, it's really uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to talk about it because it makes me feel queasy, mm. like, thinking about it. Like, it's really an uncomfortable movie. And not because the plot is uncomfortable, but because his fucking performance in it is so off-putting. Mm. I, I, you know we... what? Maybe maybe I wasn't ready. Maybe if I go back now, my body will be ready to take it. <laughs> right. Now that I'm an empty vessel, like, maybe I can... Just soak it in, you know. Right. Drink it in, man. Drink it in. All right. All right. Cool. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Have a good night.